my God. Freaking intro about blew my damn eardrums out. Didn't realize how loud I had my volume up. Hey, welcome to the live. I'm uh, going to be talking a little bit about addiction tonight. I appreciate anybody that's watching. Um, whether or not people are actually watching live doesn't matter. This is really, you know, recording it for later. I like to do things live because it, to me, it's a bit more honest. I don't have a chance to uh, re-record this stuff. So, you know, when I'm talking about stuff, a lot of times it's on the fly, top of my head. Um, I do have a lot of stuff that I write down, but a lot of times I'm just kind of going with the flow. That's how I like to talk, how I like to chat, I like to go where my mind takes me. You know, I got the uh, got the ADD, so I go, bing, 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 bing. Anyway, I appreciate anybody who's taken the time to watch over the years. I wanted to start this. Uh, my big main, one of my big main goals is to then start a, an addiction awareness podcast that I'm going to be doing with my cousin, hopefully soon. Um, hopefully. And uh, try to help people who have struggled with addiction and you know let them know that there literally there's hope you know after addiction you know if you can get into recovery and let you know maybe that there's options available other people you know hear other people's stories and maybe you know you can relate to somebody because that's what happened with me um you know i've been coming across videos and i started you know one day i caught something that that made me see a little bit of light and sometimes when you're in the depths of darkness all you need is a little tiny you know, glimmer of light to help you, you know, start to find the rope to pull yourself out of that crap. So, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Um, so I'm going to give a little bit of my backstory. And it's honestly kind of nerve wracking, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, like I've suffered with anxiety my entire life, social anxiety uh, disorder, you know, all kinds of being diagnosed with major depression. So like when I'm speaking about mental health stuff, when I'm speaking about medications and stuff that have happened to me, like it's from personal experience. I'm not making this stuff up. You know what I mean? I'm not, <laughs> I've lived it. I've lived with mental health issues since I was a child. You know, I experienced quite a bit of trauma and, you know, I've come to terms with that. I don't blame anybody. You know what I mean? But things happen and you have to be the one that learns to live with those things that happen. And you have to be able to find a way to not only to cope, but to, you know, find happiness in your life. And, my choice throughout a lot of my history is to been is has been to escape and you know i've been addicted to everything you know video games pretty much literally been addicted to everything everything i touch i end up being addicted to it's like you know impulsive or whatever you want to call it it's uh there's an actual name I mean, people call you know addiction a disease and for people who have experienced a lot of trauma addiction really can be a disease you know, you become quite literally addicted to everything. It could be sex, it could be video games, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be, you know, anything under the sun, you know what I mean? That's not good for you. But, you know, that's, that's part of the uh, reason I'm here, you know, is to talk about this stuff. But so, you know, over time, I, I started out being basically addicted to video games That has been my escape forever. I, you know, I love it. I see don't get me wrong. I see no harm in obviously playing games because I, I still do. I still play games to escape. You know what I mean? As long as you're doing things in moderation to the point where it's not overtaking your entire life and that's all you're doing, that's all that really matters. But, you know, some addictions are worse than others. So I did want to, I had a couple of questions that I had somebody write down for me that I wanted to answer. I'm not going to do a whole super long podcast today. I'm going to do this in sections. I'm going to do probably maybe 20 minutes here, 20 minutes next week. And I'm just going to keep doing, you know, going on with the series, if you will. 
So somebody asked me, what initially led me down the path of addiction? So what, what led you down the path of addiction? So this is really hard to say. Looking back at my life, I can honestly say that I've been addicted to one thing after another, just like I said, most likely, you know, due to the childhood trauma that I faced, I started, you know, I'm going to give it like the easiest path I can come up with here. I started drinking when I was 16, which was about 2002, 2003, and pretty much drank heavily up until 2015. I used to call myself a high functioning alcoholic. So, you know, that's why a lot of alcoholics, I'm a high functioning alcoholic, but the truth is I needed to drink to do anything i would drink you know that was the only way that i could have fun is by drinking and even now to this day i struggle in social situations and stuff like that because like i don't honestly know how to you know let this person out if you will and that's the one of the reasons i was so addicted to alcohol is because it let this person i feel like i have locked inside of me out you know, all these fears I have in social situations, they disappeared. You know, I'm starting to get way better at it. I'm not, obviously, I'm doing a freaking live stream right now. So, you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm doing a bit better in that regard. But, you know, I always feel felt like alcohol actually unlocked me. And that's why I can't, you know, I know that I can't just go have a drink. I'm not a weekend guy. I'm not a dude that can go, you know, have a beer on the weekends. It's just not me. I'm an all or nothing. I'm every day or not. You know what I mean? And some people can, some people can control alcohol. Some can, some people can't, some people control, control doing cocaine, for example, some people can't, you know, it's all a matter of you as a person. Right. But so that's, you know, my history on alcohol. So up until about 20, you know, 2014, I was able to control my alcohol addiction pretty well. And then in 2014, we lost our daughter to a heart defect at four days old. And I lost control not only over that, but I started taking abusing pills heavily, you know, Percocet, Vicodin, and then I started taking freaking Adderall and then, you know, spiraled on down from there. Then after that, I moved on to methamphetamines and then even heroin. It's like, I'm sitting here before you and I've been addicted to just about every horrific thing you can think of and I've managed to come out of this and managed to rebuild my life and I'm living proof that you can change you can you know conquer these addictions that a lot of people don't make it out of and I recognize that a lot of people do not make it out of being addicted to meth or heroin or anything like that and honestly <laughs> to tell you the truth I'm ashamed of it I've been ashamed that I was addicted to these things I feel like I, you know, let my kids down, let my family down, let everybody down because I was weak enough to succumb to this. But the fact is, you know, I've had a lot of time to think and I was trying to kill a pain inside of me that I wasn't ready to face. And that's what the truth behind addiction is, is that you're trying to escape or kill a pain that's inside of you. Um, there's a proverb about, you know, uh, it's an African proverb about suicide, for example, you know, uh, if you want, if you want to kill yourself, jump, throw yourself into the sea, you'll see that your body will fight to survive. It's not you that you want to kill. It's something inside of you that you want to kill. And that's whenever I heard that, I'm like, that fits so perfectly. It's crazy. But that's the truth. You know, after, you know, my brother came up with this name reflections and I love it because it fits so perfectly. I've spent, you know, a lifetime now, what it seems like 
reflecting in my life and truly trying to understand why I am the way that I am. That's why I started to, you know, taking courses in psychology um, is to try to unravel my brain. You know what I mean? That's really part of the real reason there. But um, excuse me, we get like a water here. <laughs> but I've recognized, you know, over time that why I did the things that I did. And honestly, you know, losing my daughter devastated me to a point where I didn't want to live anymore, but I still chose to go on. I still chose to do these things. Um, so once I honestly, once I got to the heroin and the meth that my life spiraled downhill really, really fast, like quick, you know, the other things you can almost manage, you can go to work while taking pills, you can go to work while taking Adderall, like, once you start doing heroin and meth, like your life, you turn into somebody else. And um, basically, I ended up losing everything. So what were one of this other, other question is what were some of the biggest challenges you faced during your addiction, spending all my money on drugs, losing places to live, not being able to hold a job, you know, losing the trust of those around me because I lied, not being a good parent. You know, I was not a good parent to my kids. I unfortunately drug them through what I thought that I would, you know, I never wanted to be like my parents were when I was a kid. And I spent my life, I'm like, I'm not going to be like these people. I'm not going to be like my uncle. I'm not going to be like my aunts. And I ended up becoming those people. And honestly, now I've turned my life around and made a change, but there's a period of time that I can't get back that I chose to be this other person. I chose to allow the drugs to control my life. You know what I mean? Um, so that was that one. So what was the, another question is what was your turning point? The moment you decided to seek help. So when it became clear that I was going to lose my kids and my life, if I didn't, so in a nutshell, they don't know this, but you know, when the thing came on the table that I was going to lose custody of my kids over this, which honestly speaking, I can't blame anybody for threatening that because at the time I deserved it. And as soon as that became an option or that, that, that came up to play, that's when I was like, Hey, I, I called, you know, my family, I called my sister. I told her I needed help. I needed, and immediately, you know, my sister helped me out and did everything that she possibly could to help me and, or to, you know, help me along this path. We ended up going to seeking medically medical assisted therapy, which is basically you go to a methadone clinic and then you go to counseling while you're going to these places. <laughs> And without that, I wouldn't be where I am today, if I'm being honest. But I quickly realized when you go to these places that they want you <laughs> to be a customer with them forever. Like a lot of people never get off of methadone. You're just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing, you know, because some people need that. Some people need that in their life to where they don't go backwards. But for me, I didn't want to stay on it forever. And it seemed like the clinics that I was going to wanted me to stay on there. Cause obviously you're a customer to them, right? <laughs> That's ultimately what it is. You know, I was worth whatever, how much $1,500 a month or something, probably even more than that. Um, <laughs> probably a ridiculous amount more than that, but anyway, so let's see. Yeah. We were also on the, at that time we we're on the verge of being evicted and had nowhere to go. So that was one of the other reasons I started to seek help, but like that one, so I got off, what of heroin pretty pretty easily, but 
it was the meth, honestly, that was much harder to get off because you can almost function on that. Not necessarily, but like that was a bit, bit more, took a bit more time. Um, what specific types of treatment or support systems do you help? I talked about going to the methadone clinic that honestly helped a lot. Um, took me quite, it was a lot harder to get off that than it was almost anything, honestly, because that stuff has like the worst withdrawals ever. But nonetheless, I digress. <laughs> Another question is, what gives you hope and strength in your recovery journey? So when I decided to quit and develop the drive to rebuild my life, I found a strength that I didn't really know I had. So when you face your darkest moment, like this is, that was honestly when I had nowhere to go, no place to live. I had burned all my bridges, <laughs> was living in a hotel and, you know, I'd started going back to work again, but it's, you know, if you're paying for a hotel every night working, it's going to take you a long time to get where you need to be. But I was determined and I was going to do that. You know what I mean? And it, luckily my sister let me live on a trailer on her lawn. Otherwise I would never have been able, you know, I probably would still be stuck. You know, I would have eventually made it out, but it would have taken me a lot longer. You know what I mean? But it was at that point that I was actually fully done, fully done with everything. I had been clean and, but you know, my time at the place I was at had been running out. I was staying with people who didn't necessarily want me to be there. I hadn't been paying them rent. I was kind of a piece of crap. I'm being honest. And they have no idea how much I'm, you know, thankful to them for giving me that opportunity to stay there. But, you know, I, I burned that bridge and that's something that I've had to come to terms with. Um, <laughs> that's just crazy thinking about this, but I remember again, when I was finally evicted out of that place and we were in a staying in a hotel, that was my darkest moment. And the moment where I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Like backed into a corner and honestly, that gave me the drive. There was never going to be a point where I'm going to ever allow myself to get back to that point. Nothing. I'm never going to feel that helpless again. I'm never going to feel that that weak again. It's never going to happen. And that's been the thing that's driven me is, again, I will never, ever allow myself to go through that again or allow me to take any, you know, my family go regardless of what I go through in my life. And at that point, you know, I started, I actually found this book. I came across this book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, and it started a, you know, a spiritual belief in me that I didn't realize was there. And I started finding strength in God, not through religion, but through spirituality. I realized when was reading the book about the subconscious mind, you know, how to start on, you know, breaking patterns in your life and how a lot of the things that happen to you, all these repeating patterns that you have are based on your ways of thinking and they can be broken. And since I've started putting this stuff into practice, you know, the idea that I had bad luck or all that crap has gone away. You know, you don't have bad luck your bad luck is the result of your, your terrible choices that you've been making. You know what I mean? Um, not necessarily a blanket statement for everybody. Cause obviously nothing's ever going to be the same for absolutely everybody. But for me and my experience and my personal journey, that has been the case. And I've been able to unravel problems in my life and conquer that. Another book that again, I've been obsessed with. I've talked about it in almost every single one of my podcasts is the law of one. When I found this, it changed my entire life, it changed my outlook on life, it changed what I believe, it changed, I don't know how to explain it, 
it's just like a light, you know, came on in me. But that's a, it's a conversation for another day and another whole video probably. Um, man, this time has flown by. <laughs> but I hopefully I answered your questions, my friend who uh, made that right there. Let me see if there's any more before I jump off here. <clears throat> so yeah, I would say that the things that give me strength is definitely God, but not from the confines of religion. And I say that a lot. I 100% believe in God. I 100% believe that that gives me strength to get through a lot of what I'm going through. I just don't confine myself to religious beliefs because that's just me. I don't, you know, blame anybody for doing that. I think that if you need that to help you get through, you need that to help you get through. Um, but for me, you know, there's been a lot of people in my life that have worried that I'm going to slip backwards and go back onto the drugs and things like that. And honestly, there is nothing in this world that would ever drag me back to that. Like, that's the truth. I've done so much self-work and honestly, I don't, I don't hate myself like I used to, you know, I've, I've tried to heal my traumas and tried to forgive. And that's what keeps people trapped. I want you to remember this hundred percent. If you remember nothing else from this is forgiveness. Forgiveness is what is keeping you trapped where you are. If you're wondering why you can't progress, why you can't, you know, change your life in, in meaningful ways and you're holding on to resentment anger you need to forgive you need to let go of this past that you're carrying around with you that you don't have to carry you know the only thing that matters is here and now and what is right in front of you that's all we have that's what we have is this moment in time nothing else <laughs> that's the the key you know what the buddhists are trying to say that's you know, all we have is this moment. You know, if there's nothing else that you remember from this, you know, forgiveness. Like I preach about mental health all the time. And if you need to go, like the fact that you need to go talk to somebody, it's super important to go talk to somebody, to watch things that make you think and question the world around you, to, you know, you know, seek a higher power. You, you know, I have friends that are atheists and that is fine too. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any difference to me what anybody believes. But, you know, it's important to seek out and talk to somebody about stuff. Don't keep this crap on the inside because when you keep it on the inside, it festers and it starts to manifest in your life in so many different unhealthy ways. And the fact is, you know, we need to communicate our feelings. We need to communicate this stuff, you know, especially guys out here. You, you need to talk to people about what's going on inside you. You need to practice forgiveness. You know, you need to cry every once in a while, bro. Let this stuff out. But Anyway, I'm about out of time here, my friends. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Um, I appreciate anybody who takes the time to watch this. Many, many blessings coming your way. This is JB333 signing off.